podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi there, and welcome to Scout the Game Week. Scout the Game Week is Fantasy Football Scouts' weekly podcast, brought to you by the Scout Network. In each episode, we'll look back at the game week we have just played to assess what we can learn to help us in the next round of fixtures. I'm Ryan from Football Chatbox. Let's scout the game week. Double game week 28 is done, along with the final international break for the season. And now we look forward to the biggest double game week of the season. To talk to talk all about it, I'm joined by two Aussie lads um, in Matt, aka FPL Matt Day, um, and Quentin, aka FPL Amateurs Aus. How are you guys doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. I've uh, finished a, a tough day in the, in the mining world today. So, yeah, happy to kick back and talk some FPL tonight. Nice. Matt, how about you? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Just recovering from um, the Conte news and uh, and everything going on at Spurs at the moment. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to some uh, some FPL. Awesome. Yeah, there will be questions about Spurs later because um, I think we'll have to kind of answer that with related to the double game week 29 as well. Um, but having said that, let's start off. Um, so we have 12 teams doubling this week, so lots to cover. Um, just to make sure we don't go for too long, I've decided to group some of the doubles together so we can allocate time based on teams to target. Let's start with a few teams that I think are probably not spoken about as much. Bournemouth, Leeds, Forest, and Liverpool. Uh, all teams with interesting doubles, but not being targeted at the moment. So if you were to look at some players from these teams, who would you look at? Um, it's probably Harrison's actually in a very interesting, um, player, um, leads double it's sort of 50, 50, he's got a hard fixture, but then a, a decent fixture, but you know, he's been really good lately. I was just sort of having a look at the last six games and, you know, last six games he's, you know, had nine chances created nine shots, two goals, two assists. He just seems to, I think this season he's, he's been getting into great positions, but hasn't had massive returns, but lately he's starting to find a bit of consistency in getting high percentage chances. So I like the people that, you know, are willing to take a bit of a punt this week on the bench boost and, you know, chucking Harrison in because you can actually hold him to probably about week 32. So their Mm -hmm. fixtures aren't too bad after this double game week, but you know, Liverpool, I'm probably going to stay away from Liverpool till about week 31. So Salah has a great record against City, but mm. I just, yeah, I just can't see it being great defensively. So that rules out the defensive options. And then Diaz is back in training. So that throws a spirit in the works for Nunes and uh, Jota as well. So, yeah, I'm probably going to stay away from them. And Bournemouth doesn't really interest me too much at the moment. Fair enough. Um, any, uh, anything from Matt? What do you think? Um, I agree with Q with, with Harrison. I think there's some potential there. He's been looking sharp lately. I do like potentially Rodrigo. Um, I know he come off the bench and squad against Wolves a few weeks ago. Um, similar to Q, not not really too fast with Liverpool for this week. I know they've got two games. Um, you can never write Salah off. I think if you do own Salah already, you might as well keep him. But as for um, Forrest and Bournemouth, I'm actually keeping tabs on Neto in mm. goal for Bournemouth as a, as a ward replacement because... He's been getting quite a few save points. And when he has got the clean sheets, he's been getting those 10 points or hauls. And then from Forest, um, it's actually not a bad double considering they're kind of that mid-table talk. They're in a relegation scrap, but it's not. They're kind of that mid, mid-table mid part. And um, so Navas is someone I'm keeping an eye on as a second keeper as well. So um, yeah, probably, probably the keepers because... Because, uh, yeah, a lot of us have that problem of, of Danny Ward. So, yeah, that's probably where I'm at. Yep, fair enough. Any any eyes maybe on Solanke as an option? Because a lot of people are looking at the third striker spot. He has come up in certain conversations. Yeah, I think with Solanke, like, I, I had a good run with him uh, when he went on that scoring run in the first half of the season. And I, I do like him as a player um, and because he's obviously cheap in FPL. But... Um, I think if you really are like budget conscious, then he actually is probably a good option. If you just, if there's no other players you can afford in that third spot, like if you can't get to Isaac or Watkins mm. or, you know, obviously possibly Tony, I think, yeah, if you're really looking at the budget, then, then yes, but probably sort of last resort right now um, for me, but um, yeah. Q. Yeah. I think he's, he's at the price point similar to what Ferguson is. And if I was putting Ferguson and Solanke side by side, I'd be going with Ferguson just 
he just seems to um, be the better finisher in a better side that's on fire at the moment and better attack. So for me, Solanke early in the season looked like an all right option, but I think also he's been in and out of the side of injury as well. So that's another thing to to look at there as well. If you're wanting to do the bench boost this week, you want to sort of maximize that. So you want to play that's definitely going to, you know, play 90 minutes or close to it anyway. Yep. All right. Fair enough. All right. So those are those four teams. A uh, few options mentioned, like you guys said. Let's move on to another group in Brentford, Chelsea, Newcastle, and West Ham. So most of us who wildcarded in game week 26 probably have two or three Brentford players with it, mostly being defensive cover. Uh, they don't have the best double, and Tony is only a yellow card away from potentially playing only one out of the two games. What are your thoughts on Brentford? Um, yeah, Brentford have a lot of good options. I think the best option is Tony, obviously. Um, he's their talisman, scores goals at wheels on penalty, sending, uh, do a few free kicks as well. But Raya, um, I think, is the best goalkeeper option this week. He, um, Their defense is weird. They give up a lot of chances, but they aren't high percentage chances, which gives him the opportunity to get save points. So for me, when you're looking at a keeper, you want a keeper that has a nice floor. So for me, Raya's floor is probably three points most weeks because he gets, you know, the save points. But, you know, I could see them keeping at least one clean sheet this week. So you're looking at a double-digit haul for a double game week keeper, which, you know, is really handy. And, you know, um, who is it? Rico Henry hasn't had a lot of attacking returns, but he's always in great position. So you want to, I guess, at his price, get a player in that has the opportunity to get attacking returns. He may not consistently get them, but if he's in the position, you know, there's every chance he could get a goal or an assist. But, you know, I think there's a, a lot of good options. I think Jensen as well, mm. he's flying under the ra- radar a fair bit. He does play deeper, but he has been getting into sort of those Odegaard positions that we've seen at Arsenal this year. So I think he has a bit of an upside as well for people that are sort of, you know, looking for a cheaper option in the centre of the park there. Fair enough. At- uh, yeah, I like Tony still. I know he's got that yellow card, um, but if he gets past that first game, um, then I still think he's obviously a really good option. Probably the main option from Brentford with with David Raya. Um, ben Mee, I still always like having Ben Mee because he's just so good from from corners and, and set pieces because um, he's just so good in the air. So like for me, they're probably still the three. Um, probably not too many others that I'm... I'm I'd, I'd, I'd kind of target as a transfer in. I think if you've got those players, you you, you put them in your lineup, but pro- I probably wouldn't be looking to actively bring them in as my transfers. But um, yeah, like I think it's Norgard's always quite handy in midfield and, and Jensen, who Ku mentioned. But yeah, again, unless like I was really budget conscious again, like they're just last resort transfers in um, because like you mentioned, uh, there's a couple of tough, tough fixtures. But if mm. you've got Tony me and, and Raya in your squad, then um, I think I think you start them regardless. I don't think you, you transfer them out. But at the same time, I don't think you need to be pulling out all stops to actually transfer them in if you don't own them. So Yeah, I, I agree. I probably wouldn't bring anyone in at the moment because they don't have any doubles after that as well. Um, and also, uh, spots in midfield are very precious at this moment with a lot of midfield options. So yeah, okay, fair enough. I agree with that. I will probably touch on Rico Henry again later when we come to like the likes of Arsenal and whatnot. But for now, yep, let's move on. Um, let's talk about Chelsea. Um, they have two home games against Villa and Liverpool. There are some looking at Havertz or Chilwell as options. What do you guys think about Chelsea? Um, I did a bit of a comparison for Felix and Havertz. Mm. So Felix is probably more the player that's going to be getting those positions and trying to finish the chances. But Havertz lately looks like that player that's creating attack. Mm. So similar to what Tony does, drops a bit deeper, gets the ball, pushes it, and, you know, has all these key passes. But, you know, I still think that the likes of Watkins probably has a little bit more upside this week compared to a Havertz, but, you know, Chilwell in defense, he's looked really good as well. He's always in great positions. Um, probably the best option defensively is Reese James, but you just can't count on him to play two games in the double game week. But, you know, he's just always attacking and it's hard to look at it and go, well, Chilwell's a better option. But, you know, technically for it, is it even playing field and we're getting the same minutes for Reese James? Reese James would, you know, be first pick this week. But, yeah, I'm probably... Maybe Kepa 
a pun on habits, but definitely I like the, the option of a chill well. Um, probably the best option for me this week. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, chill wells, chill wells a good pick. Um, I was reading some stats, and I think uh, one of the ones I read was he's currently performing. I think the the most attacking defensive player in the league right now. I think it must be over the last four games. Um, and um, yeah, he just he's almost like having a left sided forward the way he plays at Chelsea. I feel like he's always getting on the end of things. And um, yeah, Chilwell. The one thing like maybe with Chelsea players is it doesn't look like top four is realistic now for them. Mm-hmm. So maybe in the second game they might have one eye on on Real Madrid in the next couple of weeks. So you know that might play in, in into the mind. So um, yeah, I think Chilwell good player to have. Um, Kepper for for those that own him worth starting him. Um, so I like Kepper as well. Um, and then yeah, like one of Felix or Havertz, I'd probably lean towards Havertz now that we know he's on pens. Um, so that's that's probably where I'm at with Chelsea. I think they're they're sort of the players I'd, I'd target. Fair enough. I I I agree with the rotation because Potter has been like we know he's someone who likes to rotate quite a bit as well. And given that top four is not possible, the only way, if there ever was a miracle, is through the Champions League. And even though we're not speaking about the upcoming game weeks, we kind any moves we make now are probably also considered. We have to think about thirty thirty one as well, and that's where I think you might be in a situation where there might be some bit of rotations um, during those fixtures. So Chelsea might have an issue with that. Uh, but yeah, apart from that. I think Havertz and Chilwell still pretty good options. Uh, Sterling, any thoughts or not really? I'm not keen on no. Sterling at the moment. Yeah, I, I love Sterling. I love Sterling yeah. as a player. <laughs> I think when he gets he gets consistent game time, he's really good. But he just isn't getting consistent game mm. time. He's not stringing you know two three games at a time. It's one game here, then it might be twenty minutes off the bench next game. So yeah. Staying far away from our Sterling at the moment. Yep. Yeah, when Sterling was good was when he was at Man City when yeah. they were just creating tons of chances. And when he was at Liverpool and they had Sturridge and Suarez and they were just creating loads of chances at Chelsea, he's not getting mm. the same volume of shots on goal. And like, yeah, he's, he's just not, um, he's just not the Sterling that we've seen in previous seasons. So like, yeah, shame because he's always such a good option, but yeah, not, not, I'm not too keen. Only if um, Gareth Southgate was managing uh, Chelsea, we'd be <laughs> seeing him every week. So, True, true. Fair enough. Uh, uh, let's move on to Newcastle. Uh, another team that people have doubled up on or even tripled up, depending on s- some squads. Um, they haven't been keeping clean sheets recently, which doesn't look great. But up front, Isaac has now stepped up as an option to consider for a third forward spot. Um, they now also seem like they won't have that double in game week 30 or 31. Um, what do you guys think about Newcastle? Um, I think that Isaac's definitely a great option for that third slot. You know, there's a lot of options there. You've got Watkins, Isaac. You know, I'll put them in the same basket, even Tony possibly in the same basket as well. Um, he's looked really good. Um, he's, he's probably not getting a lot of key passes and chances created, but whenever the ball falls to him in the box, he's scoring. So I definitely think he's an option. I think Trippier is, you know, he gives you that upside of always put on corners, uh, free kicks, um, putting great balls into the box. And Isaac has showed that he can link up well with Trippier. He can finish the aerial balls into the box. So I, I actually love the double up of Isak and uh, Trippier this week. And, you know, going forward, they, they are going to have more doubles um, and their fixtures aren't too bad as well. So I definitely like a double up there. Yeah, I like the the Isaac pick. Now we know he's on pens as well, like yeah. we saw that against Forrest. So, um, yeah, I think I think he's a good pick. Um, Trippier is obviously pretty much a mainstay in, in so many teams. So, like, Trippier's a good pick. I think that's, that's probably the two. I, like if you if you happen to still have Pope, um, who's been good this season, um, obviously you, you can play him. But again, I wouldn't be um, looking to kind of bring him in necessarily with this double. But I think like for me, a, a double up at Trippier and Isaacs is pretty handy. One of the games is Man United, which you know is is a tougher fixture. Um, but 
Yeah, they're probably the two. Would I be doubling up on their defense still for this this double game week? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, um, at this point. But... Fair enough. Unfortunately, I'm stuck with the double Newcastle defense yeah. <laughs> because I thought they would get a double in 30-31, but not to be. Um, always the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, finally, out of that group, West Ham. Another team with two home games. Bowen, Benrama, Danny Ings. Interesting differential options. But fixtures are a bit difficult after game week 29. What do you guys think? Um, ben Rahmer's looked really good. Um, Bowen always has, we've seen this season where he's sort of not done too much for about five weeks and then he can come out and just, you know, 15 points in one game. Um, I don't mind people taking a punt, but, you know, probably for the people that are leaving their wild card for maybe week 30, week 31. So they're not actually going to be stuck with a West Ham asset. I think the best time to target West Ham is towards the end of the season. I mean, the last three weeks um, of the season, they've got some really good fixtures and I think they're going to be, you know, trying to survive relegation. So I think that's probably the time to bring in your West Ham assets. Um, Emerson is, you know, a cheap enabler, but will he get two games? Will he get one game? It's, you know, a little bit up in the air. So yeah, for me, I'm probably staying away from the assets, but I definitely could see um, people sort of going for them if they've still got their wild card. Yeah, I think Hugh makes a good point about West Ham and, and the relegation scrap. Like this is the time now where there's what nine or ten games left for some teams where like they need to start finding points. So this double game week's a good chance for them. Um is Danny Ings back fit and ready to go? Um because he he would obviously be someone who I think could be a good pick. Um I know Q's a big fan of him. Um so maybe Danny Ings if he, if he's back to fitness. Um Bowen is another one. Like you mentioned, he can just come out of nowhere and grab like two goals in a game, and it's you know, and, and and he's that type of player. So he is someone that like if you've got a spare midfield spot, you could really take a massive gamble and and bring him in because we know what he's capable of. Um, so if Ings is fit, I don't I don't mind that as like a third striker. Bowen, um, Ben Rama, like I just think if you, I know I know they're saying I think he's on possibly on on the pens maybe for West Ham, um, but I think like. I'd still go for, a, I know he's more expensive, but I'd still go for a Bowen over Ben Rama. Um, but yeah, I think see see what Ings fitness is like. Emerson is good if you're on a wild card and you need to save money because he's 4 million. But outside of that, I wouldn't be touching like a West Ham keeper, a West Ham defender, um, or sort of any other, uh, other players right now. Um, but yeah, Ings is potentially an interesting one. Depends how his fitness is though. Mm, yeah, fair enough. Just having a look, he started the last two league games. So they haven't been playing him in the the European fixtures. He's been starting the league games. So, yeah, I I love Dinning. So he's definitely um, an option, an alternative option to sort of Tony and Isak. So, yeah, I don't mind that shout. Yeah, uh, cool. Uh, yeah, the European competition also could be an interesting. Like you mentioned, probably if you have your wild card, I'll go for West, I don't mind West Ham pick as a differential because it'll be really differential. Uh, but again, just like the Chelsea situation, they could also probably rotate. Sounds crazy because they're in a relegation fight, but European trophy or relegation fight? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where David Moyes' priorities like. Well, I think they'd probably back themselves to stay in the in the Premier League for yeah. next season. So yeah, I, I could definitely see a little bit of rotation. Yeah, fair enough. All right, now onto the final group. Aston Villa, Brighton, Leicester and Manchester United. All teams with either good fixtures or teams that managers are looking at in terms of players they want to bring in. Let's start with Villa. What do you guys think about Watkins as a third strike option? Would you maybe choose him over Havertz or Isaac or uh, one of those players better? Um, I like Watkins just because of his strike rate. There's not very many times that you see a ball go into the box that lands at his feet and he doesn't score. Um, lately, he's you know it's been a bit sporadic. There's games where he's had a fair few shots and games where he's had one shot and scored one goal. So I definitely think um, there's a bit of upside there. Um, he does um, perform well when Bundia is sitting in behind as well. So I actually like him as an option. I bought him in on my wildcard on 26. So I'm a little bit biased, but... I think that there's a bit of upside there because he is, you know, not going to waste too many chances when, you know, they come his way. Matt? Yeah, I think with Villa, since they've got Emery, 
they're quite unpredictable and they're quite open in the way that they attack. So Watkins, I think, is a really good option. Um, I think he's on seven returns now in his last eight games or seven returns in, in eight games. It could be around that. Um, yeah, he's been picking up points. Um, so I like him. Uh, I like Moreno, the left back. That's He's really cheap. He's like 4.4, might be 4.5 now, but he was 4.4 when I last looked. And he's been getting attacking returns, even when they've they've uh, not been keeping clean sheets. And then, um, yeah, he, he looks really good if you're looking for a cheap defender. And then... Martinez at the moment on the form um, for, for goalkeepers and FPL, he's the top performer at the moment over the last, I think, four to five game weeks. Um, so I actually don't mind him if as a, as a second keeper shot. I know he's got uh, Chelsea in in um, one of the games, but yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea and are quite low. Yeah, Chelsea and Leicester, and like Chelsea are quite a low scoring team. Like they've they've had one nil defeats at home this season. They've had nil nil draws. And Martinez is one of those keepers. When he picks up a score, it's huge. Like he makes so many saves. Um, so yeah, I've got. I, I like Martinez. I like Watkins and Moreno. Um, if you're on the budget side, so I think all three of those are, are pretty good picks. Yeah, fair enough. I do agree. Martinez is going to make a lot of saves. Whether they keep clinches is a different story. Because I was watching yeah. that Bournemouth <laughs> game as well, the highlights, and I was like, how did Bournemouth not score in this game? But yeah. Mm. Um, there will be sales potentially. Um, the one Moreno is four point four at the moment, okay. um, which is also not a bad option. But I think if you're looking for I don't know defensive transfers, we'll speak about a few others as well. Uh, Watkins, I am tempted now. Would you, if you were to compare him with the other striker options that we have and that we mentioned, where do you who would you go for? If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Um, I think if you're grouping him with Isaac, um, Tony, um, let's assume maybe you, Ings, let's assume people have Tony already and take that as oh, a, yeah. I definitely think the Watkins should be in your side, whether it's a second option next to a Kane or next to a Harlan, depending you know who you have as your sort of main striker. But I definitely think Watkins is your number two pick, and then I think. For me, Tony would be your third pick. But, yeah, I like Watkins. So I think I was having a look the last six games. He scored four goals, um, you know, 15 shots in in the six games. So he's averaging a lot of shots. He's averaging chances and, you know, he's putting them away. So like Matt said, the way they're playing at the moment, they're quite open, um, which is good for Watkins because he likes to sort of roam around that front and sort of do what he wants to do. So, yeah, I think that he's he's the best secondary option, in my opinion, this week. All right, fair enough. Um, let's talk about Brighton, probably the team that a lot of managers were tracking flights and talking about rest mm-hmm. times and whatnot. Uh, what do you think about the likes of Mitoma, Estupinan, McAllister, and the only one who didn't have much travel, Solimarch? Um, <laughs> if you have them, do you keep them? Um, Q, you are looking at possible goalkeeper moves. Steel recently also seems to have taken that number one spot. Would doubling up on Brighton defense instead of the midfield be an option? Um, well, now that I've sat with it for a bit, I, I've thought about it all day today at work actually. And, um, I feel like I'm not going to do that because I don't want to hamper myself in possibly downgrading one of my strike options to Ferguson, um, heading in towards the end of the season as a bit of an enabler. So I could, you know, move my money around a bit, but you know, a lot of people were, uh, stressing out about Purvis saying, oh, he's going to fly back, but they flew back the next day after their game, which I think they would have got into England by about mm-hmm. Thursday night, 
UK. Um, so I think that he's fine. He's a professional athlete. He's a machine. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are sort of, you know, there's been the comparison all season, Matoma or Solly March, but, you know, I've got a couple of things bear with me. This could be, you know, a minute of uh, talking, but, go ahead. you know, com- comparing the two options. So you're looking at Solly March, the last six games had 19 chances created, 16 shots and three goals. Whereas you look at Matoma, he's had 10 uh, chances created, five shots, two goals, two assists. Solly March, um, it reminds me of, um, I think it might've been Saka, last season where he was the Sully March getting all of the chances, good positions, but not scoring. Um, and, you know, that reminds me this season of Sully March He's you know, he's looked so good, got so many chances, had goals that, you know, weren't given to him um, unfairly <laughs> as an owner, but um, he's, it's one of those weeks where this could be the week where it's all Sully March. He's getting the goals, getting the assist. And Matoma's, you know, taking that role where, He's looked good, but he's not getting returned. So, you know, I think if you had the opportunity, I'd go Matoma and Solly March. I think you want to sort of have both because they're both going to get returns this week. But, you know, for me, I think Solly March, this could be the week for him. Interesting. Matt? Yeah, I'll start with with the March-Matoma debate. And I, I, I own both. I'm the same as Q, and I really want Solly March to come out and grab a couple of goals. But I just feel captaining... If it come down to who, who to captain out of those two, I just feel safer with Matoma. I feel like anytime Brighton score, he's gonna return, whether it's an assist or a goal. Whereas March, I feel like you have to rely on him. Obviously, scoring a goal, you're gonna get good points, but you have to rely on him to score on a goal to get those points. Um, Matoma just seems to be involved in everything Brighton do, which is why I like him as a captain. Um but I think this is a good good week to play a different captain and someone like March could be good. So, um, yeah, I like both of them. I think I rank my favourite triple up for Brighton is Matoma, March and Estu Penan. Um, They're definitely my favourite three. Um, they're just all very attacking players. Um, and I did go to that Australia-Ecuador game, the one in Melbourne the other day, and I watched him play and he took a pen, which was really good, but obviously he doesn't take them for Brighton. Um, but his pen was really good. He scored scored the winning goal um, for Australia uh, for for Ecuador. Um, no, sorry, got the equaliser or the winning goal. I, I can't remember, but he was good, and I, I think he's going to be fine to play both games because what people that are overseas listening to this and didn't watch the game need to realise is it was just a friendly and it was very tame, slight slow paced. It was played in a, in good spirits. There wasn't you know any foul play or any of that type of thing, and. You know, the Ecuador players and Estupinan, it looked like he could have played another 90 minutes. And like, um, yeah, I think he'll be back on the weekend, probably gets the day off on Thursday when he gets back, probably does something light on the Friday um, or might not even train, might just go in to see the physio or whatever and then and then plays again Saturday. He's just like, he was cruising around like they're, you know, they, they barely um, broke up their stride either team. So yeah, I think he'll be fine. Um, and I, I think he's just, yeah, if you got him, don't, Fingers crossed, I don't want to curse it, but I don't think managers need to worry too much about him not starting both games. Don't think he'll get 90 minutes in the first game, but he's been, if you look at SG Penan's minutes this season for Brighton, there's been a lot of times they've, they've actually subbed him off around the 65th, 70th minute mark anyway. So fingers crossed Brighton have got a clean sheet by then. Yep, fair enough. I mean, if he comes off with a clean sheet and then Tony wants to score after that... Yeah. Oh, yes. All good. Brentford. Yeah. <laughs> All good. Yeah, true. Um, that'd be actually that'd be perfect. Exactly. Mm. So I'm completely fine. I'm not too worried. I also also I also own him. And again, Mitoma, I had him before for twenty seven. I captained him. I was kinda happy with the result. I thought he should have probably got more as well from that double. Yeah. Um Solid March I had, although I transferred him out last week for Madison. Um and the reasoning it's being fair trade. Yeah, a reasoning yeah. being behind that was when I watched both games, I know it was a, okay, one goal ruled out. I'm still annoyed with that, but um, he has to, like, compared to Mitoma, I feel like March doesn't get on the end of those attacking positions compared to, let's say, even a McAllister at times who probably somehow the other just ends up in there. Um, March is always like that. He, like what Kevin De Bruyne does at times, assisting the assister, which is not good for yeah. FPL, which is a bit of a problem. And then I was like, okay, him versus Madison, I felt it was like a decent enough trade where I can 
make a move and probably see some upside um, and kind of helped with the fact that they don't have the double now in 30 or 31. So I can always bring him back later if I wanted to. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's the only thing. But I do like their options this week as well anyways. It's a really good double. Yeah, I think with the March, the March comments, you're right. Like I find with him, his goals always feel like they're quite eye-catching. They're like mm. quite spectacular goals. Like He probably scores some scrappy goals, like the one that he did score that they, they gave to him and then we never got the points. But <laughs> um, I feel like you kind of have to earn the March goal. They're always just wonder goals. Whereas with Matoma, um, yeah, he just seems to be everywhere. But yeah, like, I don't mind. Both of them can haul because i got both. So yeah, like, fair enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to own both. I'm happy to own both. <laughs> Having said that, Mitoma did score a really good goal for Japan as well in the international yeah. break. So, yeah. yeah, he did. He did. Uh, all He's right. sensational. Yeah, Might exactly. come to mean United in the, in the summer. We never know. <laughs> never know. <laughs> all right, let's move to Leicester. Again, another team with a good double, but maybe with limited player options to choose from due to the amount of rotation. Thank you, Brendan Rodgers. Uh, there's also the issue of Ward. Has he really lost his place? And also between Madison or Barnes, who would you bring in? Um, I had a look at this. Um, it's Madison every day of the week for me. Um, last season, um, I sort of, I, you know, got some really good returns from Madison. There was a couple of games where he got returns and he looked really good, but not many people were sort of jumping on him, but then he just went bang for about six weeks. It was just, you know, double digit hauls and, you know, comparing the two Barnes has looked good, but, you know, looking at Madison's numbers, the last six games, 21 chances created 18 shots, two goals, two assists, like, and there's, I think, the Chelsea game, he could have had a double. Like, I don't know how he didn't score in that game. Um, I just think that he offers so much upside and and he's the player that makes that, uh, you know, that attack tick. So I think sitting in that number 10 role, you know, he's going to be on free kicks. He's going to be on, you know, indirect free kicks. He's going to be on corners. Um, I just think he's such a good option. And I think the March to Madison trade, there definitely is a lot of upside there. I think Leicester have probably the best double this week. Um, but people that do have Barnes or maybe can't afford Madison, I definitely think Barnes is a nice sex, uh, second option to have. But, you know, if you have the coin for Madison and you're comparing the two, it's Madison every day of the week for me. Fair enough. Agreed. Matt? Yeah, it kind of reminds me a bit of the March versus Matoma debate in a way where, like, Matoma's like the Madison. He's the popular pick. Madison is because he's like, you know, he's so good and he and he he can do a lot. Whereas Barnes again seems to be someone that he can grab grab a goal out of nowhere and then, um, yeah, I'm probably would sway towards Madison because he is on those free kicks. Um, Leicester just I'm not liking them at all. Really, like um, I'd only really limit limit like myself personally, to one of their players. Now Danny Ward's not playing. Um, you know, I, I probably wouldn't even, like maybe Everson is like a, you know, just a budget keeper to have a second keeper. But like, I just think they're going to concede goals um, easily. Um, I wouldn't have both of Barnes and Madison. I'd pick one of them and it will, it would probably be Madison just because that X factor of take, like free kicks for him. He's just so good at, good at them. He's good at corners. I feel like, when Leicester score, he's going to be involved. Whereas with Barnes, I do think he might score in one of the games, but I don't think he's going to be involved in all of the play, kind of like Madison. So again, I like to have players that are just always involved in the game. And, um, and Madison's one of those. But yeah, overall for Leicester, like Ihe Nacho was possibly an option, but his, he just, his minutes are always a risk. And um, yeah, but probably just Madison. Mm. Um, maybe Barnes, you can... To pick one one or the other, and I, I wouldn't even sort of go near any of the others, like Castagna, the defender, and um, is it Sutar, one of Q's favourite players? Yeah. Sutar, like, I know he's been talking uh, about him. He's got, yeah, I know he's got some... an update on him, but I, I still just think there's too many, <laughs> there's too many goals conceded in that Leicester defence. Like it's just, yeah, yeah, not not for me. But I know Q's got, yeah, he's got some facts on Sutar, inside knowledge. Go ahead, <laughs> let's see these facts and insights. <laughs> So I was randomly listening to um, an interview that they did with Brendan Rogers um, talking about um, Harry Suter and they were saying how 
in games, they're looking at uh, putting him up top in a four position, whether it's the last 15 minutes of a game, if they're chasing the game or, you know, even um, if he's on the bench, bringing him on as a striker. But the soccer is coach did it recently. He might have been at the World Cup. He um, put Suter up front for the last 10, 15 minutes. And he actually is not too bad um, finishing. Like I've seen some of the shots he's had when he's gone up top and he actually has an all right sort of right foot. So I definitely think um, people that are wanting to take a punt, you know, you're not only getting a, you know, a suitor who's going to get a lot of ball recoveries featuring the bone, especially if they keep clean sheets, but you're going to have that special moment at the end of the game where he could be up top and slot on a goal. Fair <laughs> enough. This is like Scott McTominay just ended up <laughs> with subbed on and then put in the striker. Um, maybe, but I, I don't know. It doesn't. The problem yeah. is the the Leicester defense is never really convincing at times. That's no, the only I'd, issue. No, I'd probably go Ricardo Pereira mm. over um, Suter, but just the <laughs> the romance of a big lanky guy up top slotting a goal just you know really um, excites me for a double game week. Fair enough. Um, to be fair, actually, do they they have Palace in this double game week? Don't they, Leicester? Yes, they have Palace and Villa. Yeah. Yep. And I do think Palace have a pretty poor record from set pieces along with Leeds. So do Leicester themselves at defending them. So, like, it would be typical Q uh, for this game week for Sutar to score a goal and actually get like a pretty good score. It, this would just be typical of Q, and like, and then he doesn't pick him. So, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, if that does draft. happen, yeah, if that does happen, we'll <laughs> shout out. Uh, I do agree with the Madison. I think he's probably the best option. Like, I think if you can't afford Madison, then you go Barnes. Um, for me, Barnes seems like the guy, he will probably get a goal. But for me, what I see is the person who's going to provide him the goal seems like Madison for me um, in most cases. So I'm probably favoring Madison, not because I own him, but also because I think he's probably a better option. Um, okay, so that's Leicester. And now the final team from the group, um, Manchester United. So Rashford pulled out of the England squad due to injury, but I expect him to be all right for the game. Um, lots of talk about Bruno and Shaw as decent options as well. Let's start with Bruno. Would you bring him in for Martinelli or Odegaard? And also, same question with Shaw. Would you bring him in for an Arsenal defender? Um, I definitely would bring Shaw in for the Arsenal defender. I think um, fixtures overall are better for Man United going forward. They've got a they'll have a double in thirty four as well. Um, Shaw can play center back or he can play out wide. So you've got the a bit of sort of guarantee that he's going to start pretty much every game. Um, Bruno, I, I actually, I'm undecided at the moment because he is playing a lot deeper now that Casemiro is out. But Ericsson um, might be back. Yeah. So if Ericsson's back, it, it's he does get 40, still going to get the assist or at least uh, chance creation. Um, yeah, I think you only really need one Arsenal midfielder asset this week. Mm. And I definitely um, I like that shout because, as I said, that you know they're going to double in 34. So you could hold Bruno or even it's an easier way to move from Bruno to Salah in 31 if, you know, if you're wanting to you know, go down that route as well. So I think that's probably a decent option this week because it gives you the, the wiggle room to either keep or you can, you know, it doesn't take much money to then move up to Salah. Yep, fair enough. Matt? Yeah, I think with removing the Arsenal players, I think at least I think you've got to keep at least one just for the fact, for thinking about future game weeks. And because obviously Man United do blank later on down the track, I know that means they'll then double. But if you've got like, um, it depends when obviously you're going to play other chips. But I actually think Bruno is worth bringing in for Martinelli or Odegaard because. Bruno Fernandes has this knack of getting really good scores in double game weeks. Um, and he's got Brentford in the second game. And last season, he had a double game week, second game with Brentford. And he he did really well. Um, and yeah, I just I just got a feeling like he's the sort of player that just nicks goals in big games as well. It's just, he's just that type of player. Um, like we saw it when he played Man City a few weeks, well, a couple of months back now, the, the home game, and he got that that equalizer or was it yeah the controversial equalizer but like he um he's just got this knack i think he's actually a really good pick for this week and um yeah i, I would do it for either Erdegaard and martinelli just for the fact you get the two games and you get everton at home the week after which is a good fixture for for man united 
Um, so I'd do that one. What I do the second one, like with Shaw, like I'd prioritize Bruno for one of the midfielders personally. I just think he's really good on double game weeks. And then I'd probably try and keep one of the Arsenal players just just for those future game weeks. Unless you're wildcarding before Man United blank in game week 32, then you could probably just take the minus four and then do that as well. So depends how you're planning your, your chips. But yeah, I really I gotta I think I think Bruno's a yeah, good pick. I don't think huge amounts of people are gonna own him either. Fair enough. Yeah, I've got a question for you guys in relation to Bruno. So in my position this week, I've got the opportunity to bring in another goalkeeper because I got Ward on the bench. Would you sacrifice just having one keeper that's got two games this week and using that last transfer on, say, an Odegaard to Bruno and just maximising, um, you know, the double game week in the midfield instead of bringing in another keeper that could, you know, well and truly only get, you know, four points this week? Wouldn't you consider a hit? Yeah, you could do a hit, but if you're not wanting to do the hit, Would you consider that? Or if you had to take a minus four and that was your only option was bring in another go- uh, goalkeeper or bring in, say, a Bruno for Odegaard or someone like that? I would probably still do the Bruno move. I think the upside is bigger compared to a goalkeeper move. That's the only reason being. But I would I also probably well. do a hit and also bring in the goalkeeper. Because <laughs> if yeah, I'll, I'll do the hit yeah. as well. Yeah. I, I think you're right. Do the hit, but... If you couldn't, for whatever reason you decide you don't want to do a hit, then I think Bruno is also the better pick. Yeah. Because, like, if it's, let's say, Ward, zero points, basically, assuming he doesn't get a start, and then it's a hit, so minus four, let's say you bring in a keeper who gets a minimum of four points, maybe you get a bit more extra from saves. I don't know. It's hard to say. But, yeah, I don't mind the hit in that specific situation. But, yeah. Yeah, no, because I'm definitely going to be in that position this week at the moment. So, yeah, that's what I was just weighing up because after this week, it doesn't matter whether I've only got one playing goalkeeper. So, yeah, I was looking at that going, you know, I could get Bruno in and, you know, get an extra game out of Bruno. Fair enough. If you had to pick between Bruno or Madison? I wouldn't be able to make that pick. I'll be taking <laughs> hits galore to get both. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, bye. that's hard. That's actually something I'm deciding. And probably about four Madison played in the last game week i was all bruno i was that nah, bruno's gonna be the pick bruno's gonna be the pick then madison played and he's back to fitness and you see him training and he plays for england and you think okay like i've already got rashford i've got Shaw. um you know maybe i'll go madison because game week 30 he's got bournemouth at home he plays game week 32 as well and i'm not planning on using my wild card until probably about game week 33 anyway so like yeah i think it's team dependent um, if you're and and chip dependent as well, but yeah, who's the better pick? I've been talking up Fernandez, so I'm going to just stick with Fernandez because I think Man United are a better team. I know they've got Newcastle in one of the games, but Man United are better than Leicester, and um, Fernandez is more durable than than Madison. Like Madison, I've owned him before, where he's been injured 20 minutes into the game, he's had to come off muscle injuries, hip injuries. So I think if I had to pick between the two, Bruno is just more durable and he's and he's in a, a team that's just playing playing better this season. Yeah, that's true. He's a full, like, 90 minutes, almost 90 minutes guaranteed player. Yeah, I agree. Always. And pens? And pens, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Um, okay, now I want to finally touch on three teams with single games this week. Let's start with uh, Arsenal. Good fixture against Leeds and also a game in 32. But we have just spoken about moving some players out. If you had triple Arsenal and you are playing a bench boost, would you keep triple Arsenal or move out some players? And if so, who? And let's assume for the sake of argument that the triple is consisted of two midfielders and one defender. Um, I'm, I'm in this exact same position and I'm rolling out the triple uh, Arsenal this week, I think. A lot of people do focus on double game week players, but there's every chance that Arsenal could put four goals past Leeds and the likes of Odegaard, Saka, um, you know, could score massive. I think there could be a bit of rotation now with Martinelli um, and um, who was the player? Trossard. Trossard. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Jesus is back now. So someone's got to go to the bench. So who's it going to be out of Martinelli, Saka, 
um, and Trossard, and I think Saka is going to play. He might maybe get an early shower depending on how the game goes because they do have, you know, probably have Jesus on the bench. But, yeah, I think Martinelli would be the one that goes to me. I think Odegaard's pretty safe. I don't think they're going to rotate him because he offers, a, I guess, a, a lot more than what the others offer because he's, he has the free kicks um, and he can play that deeper role as well. So, yeah, I think um, definitely um, you want at least maybe two Arsenal assets this week. But for people that have got three, I'd probably be holding the three because this game could be anything. could be 4-0, 5-0, or it could be, you know, 1-0. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Matt? Yeah, I'm the same way. I had this exact, I've got this exact dilemma and it was fine and until Danny Ward decided not to play uh, I because it would have just been, I would then would have had Saka, got Saka, Erdegaard and Ben White and what I would have done is I would have taken minus four and done Ben White out and Erdegaard out. Um, but now I've got this Danny Ward problem. My, my issue is do I do a minus four or a minus eight? So I need to work out which Arsenal players I want to get rid of. Odegaard's been so good and he's such good value as well for his money. Um, and he can just get a big score out of nowhere. But I think if you've got like an Odegaard or a Martinelli, I think you can actually afford to get rid of one of them for Bruno Fernandes um, or James Madison. Um, because I think both of them uh, have enough upside. Uh, Madison, obviously, with his with his free kicks and and just how good he good he is. Uh, Bruno with the fact that he's got pens as well. Um, so I think you can you can do that one. Saka, I'd, I'd, I'd keep. He's just on that form at the moment, the last few games, where everything he sort of touches now, like last couple of games, one for England and, and previous game for Arsenal, just seems to hit the back of the net. Um, as for like the defensive players, Leeds could score. Like Leeds have improved under... Uh, the new coach that's come in. So, um, yeah, I'd I'd probably say if you've got like the two midfielders and the defender, um, I reckon getting rid of a defender and then a midfielder that isn't Saka is 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 something you can do. Um, and don't be disheartened if Erdegaard does score um, or gets an assist because I think Madison or Bruno Fernandez um, over two games can out like can outscore him, and they've both got good fixtures in game week thirty as well. So over the two game weeks and the three games, you could still get more points because Arsenal do go to Liverpool in game week 30. And I know like Liverpool have been up and down this season, but they're still strong at Anfield. Like there's still a tough place to go and play. So yeah, I think getting rid of one of those Arsenal midfielders could pay off over two game weeks. Yeah, I agree. Because if you look at Leicester, they are born with game week 30 and United have Everton in game week 30. And if you were to go a bit more further for United, they've got Forest in game week uh, 31. So mm. yeah, probably over the course of the next two to three game weeks, it could probably pay off overall. Um, I was speaking with um, one of my pod partners uh, on the channel and he, he's an Arsenal fan. He was saying like, Saka, Starboy, keep him. But it's Martinelli with the introduction of Trossard. Has, his, his like, appeal has kind of gone down slightly with him losing out on set pieces, which kind of affects the bonus points as well, potential. Um, so that's a problem. And then again, Gabriel Jesus, even though Jesus maybe might not start immediately, he is going to come on at like 60, 60, 70 minutes around that mark even. So that's where you go. Who do you remove? Do you remove Trossard? Do you remove Martinelli? Becomes a bit of a problem. So for me, I have Martinelli and I'm thinking of probably removing him. Defense, I have considered Gabriel out for probably Shaw. Still haven't decided. I want to kind of... This is where I go back to the Brentford question. Would you move a Brentford defensive player out even though they have two games and keep the Arsenal player? Or still depending move on Arsenal? the Arsenal? Depending on the Arsenal player, I think Zinchenko has more upside than any Brighton defensive asset. Oh, Brentford defensive. Um, yeah. As Brent, Brentford, yeah. sorry. Um, but... Yeah, I just wouldn't be. It'd be hard to transfer out a, a Brentford player this week with the two fixtures, and their fixtures actually aren't too bad mm. for the short term for the next few weeks. So, I'd find it hard to, but I definitely could see like a more upside this week and say like a Zinchenko or something like that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. I just think um, I know the double game week for Brentford, Brighton, and Man United is difficult. But if it's Ben, me, you is your defender, like. 
he he can just score a scrappy header at any moment for for Brentford. Um, and we've seen Brentford get good results um, this season away from home as well. So like, um, you know, this it's rare that they lose games by a large number of goals. So um, I, I probably wouldn't do that move, um, especially with the Arsenal game week 30 fixture at Anfield as well. Um, it could end up being that like a Zinchenko or a Ben White get six points and then a Brentford defender gets like two or three points. But I think Liverpool score in game week 30 and um, I, can't remember, I don't know who, who uh, Brentford are playing in game week 30. Who, who have they got in that game? Newcastle. Okay, so that's still tough, but low-scoring team. Sometimes Newcastle have a lot of nil-nil, one-nil. So I'd probably just edge towards keeping the, the Brentford player. Um, yeah, I just love love the fact that there's two games as well. It's just exciting having the second game. Yeah, fair enough. Agreed. All right. Um, let's move to Spurs. Now, Conte has been sacked, and now it's Ryan Mason and Christian uh, Stellani uh, in yeah. charge. What formation, Matt, this is a question for you. What formation are Spurs now going to play? How does it impact the likes of Kane going forward? Is it worth the risk of moving him out, especially if you had Harlan and Kane and you'd pick one of them to move out? Mm-hmm. It's going to be exactly the same because Stellini is kind of just there, I think, to... He knows the players uh, from this season and they thought, obviously, Conte going... It's going to be a blow to some players that liked him. There's obviously others that don't like him. Um, and it is strange to keep an assistant manager, but I think it's kind of already been um, spoken about that it's going to be, the Spurs are going to play the same way, the same same formation, three this 3-4-3. This three, three. Um, look, they might potentially come out of their shell a bit more and maybe go for games a little bit more, but um, there won't be drastic changes. Like if maybe a manager had come in now, like a completely new manager, or it had been just Ryan Mason, then maybe it, that there might be a tweak, but it'll be very similar because it's the way they they know to to play the season. And it has like the reality is, although it's not been great to watch, it has still worked in the fact that we've you know we're not not in the relegation zone, like we're still in the top sort of five or six teams. I don't know how, but um, in saying that, that is because of Harry Kane. Um, he he's just carried us again this season, and like yeah, I, I still like, I love him, but. I think if Haaland's fully fit and you had to pick between the two, he's just more important right now um, because of his fixture in game week 30. He's pretty good as well. His ownership, that type of thing. So I think like as single game week players, Kane's got the better fixture, but Haaland, if he's fit and he can play against Liverpool at home, who have been conceding goals. Like I think Haaland's just, it's just Haaland this season. It's, it's just ridiculous in FPL. So like picking between the two, Definitely would have to be be Haaland. Um, but yeah, like I still don't think Kane's game's gonna be too affected. He's been through so many managers. This has happened to him the last few years. I remember when Mourinho left a few years ago, Kane still scored goals in that that last part of the season. So um I still don't think it will change change Kane much. Still gonna be playing the same way. Still gonna, you know, he's still gonna be um you know, sc- scoring goals and stuff. He's still going to want to get his numbers up and, and get his stats up. But yeah, Spurs will play the same type of way. Um, Kane will still score goals. Um, but if I had to pick between Haaland and Kane, as just decide to pick between one of them, it's just got to be Haaland because, you know, City, again, better team, um, win most of their games. And he's just scoring ridiculous numbers of goals. And yeah, they've both got one game anyway this this week. But yeah, it's it's um, it's, I'd, I'd still though like, I'd, like I've got Kane in my side. I'm probably gonna I'm gonna keep him and just put him on the bench as as a bench boost if I use it. So, um, but yeah, I think some people might look to swap him out for a double game week player, which probably isn't necessarily the worst thing either. Um, but yeah, it'd be be interesting to see, you know, what it's like at Spurs now. But a lot of the fans are just sort of thinking, surely it can't be any worse than you know, what we've seen in terms of the way we've actually played. So, yeah, let's let's see what happens. Fair enough. Q, thoughts? Um, I have a bold take. Um, Matt will probably either agree with me or disagree, but I think um, this might be the opportunity for Dan Juma to get some game time, and I think he might unlock this attack, and I think he's going to yeah. benefit. He's going to make 
Son better, and I think he's going to make Kane better. So we could see a revamped Spurs attack heading into the end of this season, and it could make these assets very valuable. So, yeah, I think, um, like Matt said, not much much is going to change with Kane. Like, Kane's going to score goals. He could be coached by, you know, Kevin Musket or anyone. I think he's going to score goals. (laughs) So I think that um, people don't need to be too worried there, but I think also people need to be on the watch for the likes of Son because if Dan Juma gets some game time, I think that he could rejuvenate that attack and, you know, there could be a lot of options now from Spurs to look at. If you had to pick between Haaland or Kane to keep... Uh, I'd be Harlan. He's just not human at the moment. But, um, you know, for these, I think I got out uh, Harlan in 28. So I think, you know, Kane's, you know, that best, next best option. But I think a lot of people are going to have both options uh, heading towards the end of the season. Yeah, fair enough. I think if you got rid of Harlan and still have Kane, then I don't mind keeping Kane alongside, let's say, Saka. I actually don't mind playing two single game because this week, because uh, the fixtures are good. Uh, but I've unfortunately I do have Haaland, so I have to kind of wait and see. Um, just touching on Haaland as well. Um, uh, if you have Haaland, what do you do, especially for those on the bench boost? Like, do you wait till press? I'm assuming Pep Guardiola isn't going to say anything that tell like tells us whether he's playing or not. We probably have to wait for some league team news, uh, given that it's the first game. What do you do if, let's say, you can't wait for that league team news so it doesn't come? I think he plays. I think the injury is the same as Rashford. So people that are listening to the audio won't see my fingers now, but I'm saying they're injured <laughs> with quotations. Um, I don't think, I think that they've got niggles. Uh, Rashford's had niggles for, I think the last sort of eight weeks, but I really think looking at what's in store for them for the season, you know, you've got Champions League, you've got, you know, a, a battle of Arsenal to win the Premier League. I think that, you know, he had enough niggles to stay away from international duty, but I think he'll be fit and firing, ready to go. Fair enough. All right. Cool. Um, finally, the tough question for this week. Captaincy. Um, seems a tough one to pick. Who do you guys have as options and who do you like for captaincy this week? Uh, my two best options this week. Um, I'm going to go with Rashford and Madison. I think... You know, Rashford, when he does score, he, you know, he features in, you know, three points, two points in the bonus system. Um, and I think Madison's the same. If Madison scores or, you know, gets any type of attack and return, he's usually being straight to three bonus. I think those are my two main options, but I definitely think Matoma and Solly March are probably the third best options this week. I'm probably not going to go Tony just because I think that Man United match could be a bit tricky for them, but yeah, I definitely little. think. Yeah, potential, but we want him to get that yellow uh, in the second game, which would be nice. But um, yeah, I think Rashford, um, a lot of people probably won't go Rashford just with the injury cloud, but I think he's going to be ready to go. Um, and yeah, I think he's the best option alongside Madison this week. Fair enough. Matt? Uh, I think Matoma is one of my favourites. Probably edges it as my favourite at the moment, just because Brighton playing good. They play good football and they score goals um, and he's just everywhere. Like we spoke about tonight. So um, yeah, Matoma is my favorite just seems to produce m- most games. Um, and even if he doesn't do anything in that game against Brentford, I think a way to Bournemouth that, that he'll get something in that game. And then Rashford's my number two, close number, close number one slash two, like it's close between them because Rashford has uh, a home game as the second match. And that's where, He's just so good at home and yeah, like just seems to just be on this crazy bit of form the last couple of months where like everything he touches kind of goes in and, you know, produces more often than not. So um, yeah, I think, um, I think United might go to like Newcastle and actually score a couple of goals. I just got this feeling United might go there and like, you know, just, yeah, just do something there. I just think the, you know, the, the, the players United have, um, yeah, just get, I get this feeling. So I think, yeah, Rashford is a very good, strong contender. He's probably my number two. So yeah, Matoma one, Rashford two, and then anyone else? Um, Bruno Fernandes, I don't know. I've just been talking up Bruno Fernandes a lot tonight, but I like him on double game weeks. Like I just got good memories from last season uh, when he had Brentford in the second game of a double game week and he did really, really well. Um 
Yeah, he just he just t- turns up. Um, he's had good form this second half of the season after the World Cup as well. He's had some good scores. Um, so I like Bruno as well. Um, Madison, I don't mind. Um, I always just get scared of of injuries with him. So over two games, it's just it just worries me. So that's that's probably where I'm at. Like, is there anyone else from the other teams? Probably not. Not anyone from sort of Chelsea or Liverpool. Um, also, you know, obviously Bournemouth and Forest and stuff. And no, probably not. I think that's where I'm at. Rashford, uh, Matoma, Rashford, um, and then I like like Bruno. Yeah, uh, fair enough. I like those shots. Uh, I think for me, I'm probably gonna go Rashford. Uh, just because in the last couple of weeks, like whenever the double gimmick has come, when I've captained him, he hasn't let me down. So just gonna continue with that. Uh, but I do like Mitoma as a good shot as well. Madison also, I still think, is a decent option if he doesn't get injured. And obviously, if for some reason Ten Hag comes and says, oh, Rashford is still nursing an injury, might not play, then Bruno does become a really good option as well uh, for me. Um, all right, that's it. Um, I have one question from Andrew, uh, FPL Point Break. And let me get that question up because he's asked, um, if you still had your wildcard, would you bench boost in 34 or stay with the Game Week 29 plan? Um, I think if it um if your team's looking pretty good for the bench boost twenty nine, definitely. But if you're not a hundred percent confident and I sort of I was in a similar position about whether I should wildcard thirty six and just, you know, do that, just roll into twenty nine with a bench boost that I wasn't a hundred percent happy with, but I was just gonna throw it out there because, you know, it was, you know, an all right bench boost. I think if you're confident in your in your team for this week and you really like it, I'd definitely um do the bench boost this week. But if you're not a hundred percent confident, know that you could use your wild card to set yourself up better. I definitely would wait to thirty-four. Matt, you have your wild card, don't you? Yeah, I got my wild card and bench boost, and I think this week's the best bench boost because there's more double game week fixtures than than game week thirty-four. Um, I think there's just more opportunities to maximise it. Um, so for me, I think this is the best because it's obviously the good fixture. A lot of us still have got triple ups or double ups on Arsenal. Um, and they're going to be on a lot, a lot of our benches. So um, I think this week's the, the best bench boost um, out of those. And then um, you obviously can wildcard later on. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that's how I play. I think this is the best best week we can see right now to, to maximise the bench boost. There's some good fixtures, lots of doubles. Um, and then even the single game weeks are good for Arsenal. Obviously Spurs have a pretty decent single game week. So um, yeah, that, that's that's how I would play it. Yeah, fair enough. I don't have a wildcard, but if I had a team that was good for the bench boost this week, I would probably play it. I just prefer if, like, for me, bench boosting and then wildcarding is a really good, uh, like, position to be in, just because you don't have to, like, worry about having too many players on your bench who are playing as well. You can, like, go down to very low budgets. Obviously, budget is not much of a problem this season, but you never know it could come into consideration. The other thing is, even though I don't know, it's going to be hard because 34 is quite a long time away. But even though the teams that have doubles in 34, there are probably better doubles for them compared to now. It's the budget that might be an issue because you're going to try and maximize. How are you going to maximize? Because you look at City, you're probably looking at, can you get three City players and also spread out your budget elsewhere? It's going to be a bit more harder, I feel like, to play a bench boost in that specific week. But maybe it's possible, but I feel like it'll be a bit more harder compared to maybe this week given that you have a lot of teams from the lowest teams as well that are doubling. That's true. Yeah. The, the bench looks stronger this week than, yeah. than game week 34. Cause like you said, you could end up with Haaland, De Bruyne, and I don't know, Edison as your city triple up in game week 34. And then Bruno Fernandez, Rashford, um, United have a double in game week 34. Yeah. 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 So you could end up with that and like, you'll have no money left. So your bench is just going to end up with, you know, Players that might not even play. So, yeah, yeah this is the best week. I think that's, that's, that's actually a good point, yeah. And you also have yeah. to kind of consider Newcastle and Brighton as well with their doubles near there as well. So that's the thing. True. Yeah, I think I think there's more enablers this week that has double game week. So with these smaller clubs and players that, you know, aren't going to do massive hauls each, each week, you're getting two bites of the cherry with these cheaper assets to get a decent return. Whereas... You know, these Arsenal assets this week could easily get 10 points, 15 points. Mm. and But then in the double game week, some of those fixtures I don't like too much. And, you know, you're kind of banking on 
you know, at least one decent return from those higher price assets. And you're probably going to have, you know, like an Emerson on your bench that might not even play or get one point that week. So, yeah, fair enough. Ooh, all right, we'll probably end it there. So thank you for your time today. Do you guys have anything to plug? Um, just head over to our socials. Um, I'm going to do a podcast for this week. It'll just be me, but I'm sort of just going to do a rundown of sort of most of the teams that, you know, we're going to be looking at um, and their run home in the season, uh, times to target their players, some players to target um, and just their form that's leading up to, you know, these last eight weeks. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that on my socials at FPL Amateurs Oz on Twitter. Um, we'll have all our links up there. Yep, we will. Uh, Matt? Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll be doing a, a live deadline stream uh, before deadline. So you can find that on YouTube, uh, which is FPL Matt Day. Um, and then uh, has all my links on there as well for TikTok, FPL Matt Day, uh, Instagram, FPL Matt Day, and, and Twitter, FPL Matt Day. So that's, that's the, the account where I'm most active. So yeah, come check it out. Fair enough. And you can find me at YouTube on Football Chatbox. Um, and yeah, we will have everyone's uh, Twitter handles also on in the description. So make sure to follow them all. That's it for this week's Scout the Game Week. I'll be back next time to look back 